Hello and welcome once again to Off the Shelf with Phil and Dave. This is Phil speaking this week. We have coming off of Dave's shelf, mistakenly off of my shelf, <laughs> 2019's Nineteen Seventeen, uh, directed by uh, Sam Mendes. Dave, how the heck are you doing? Why this movie and uh, why now? Doing great, Phil. And the uh, reason I chose this movie was to simply get it back off of your shelf <laughs> and back on mine. <laughs> the truth um, no, that's all serious. That, that was funny. But uh, um, the reason I think I brought this one up at the time, pretty random, really, uh, is that we a haven't vis- kind of visited uh, war genre, which I am a big fan of. Uh, secondly, I think it's the unique style in which the movie uh, is is delivered. Uh, it's kind of interesting. So those are pretty much the two uh, main reasons. And the fact that I was really, I really had high expectations for it when I first watched it. And like a couple other movies, which I'll mention, uh, I kind of watched it again without those, those that, that hype, without, uh, without those expectations. So, And uh, also looking to see your input, because I didn't see this movie in the big, on the big screen in the theater. So I know you did. So I'm just curious to see uh, how you felt about the uh, transition from uh, big screen to small screen. So uh, this is what your second viewing? Maybe yeah, third? No, this is the second viewing. What I think is interesting about this, and I, I, I mean, as we kind of joked about with regards to the uh, the, the snafu regarding the, uh, the the DVD itself or the the 4K itself, was I have very few memories of this movie. In fact, mm-hmm. I mistaken it for mistook it for Dunkirk, Dunkirk. Um, yeah. foolishly, obviously. But uh, so I, I I went to see it in the theater. And I remember really being struck by it. Obviously, I mean, the big thing with this movie is, and, and we can certainly uh, spend a little time talking about it, is Roger Deakins' uh, cinematography. You know, uh, one of the all-time greats. And the look of this film and the sort of idea that it is told in what is effectively, uh, obviously not not accurately, but effectively one single shot Um you know, continuous uh, through the whole two-hour movie uh, is and was a novel kind of uh, approach uh, to this story or to any story, frankly. And and I was struck by it in the theater. And as a result, I think I was so enamored of that that I I didn't really connect with the story at all. Um, and I, I kind of think, you know, it's tough for me to, to to put into words how I felt about watching it the second time, but I do feel like there may be a little bit of um, Tenet, uh, another sort of Christopher Nolan connection, not Dunkirk, but a, a little bit of Tenet in there where the craft of the movie and like the, the, the tech, let's say, the production um, is so powerful uh, or unique or interesting or fascinating or captivating that the story is almost, I don't want to say irrelevant, but it's secondary. And secondary. I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of how I come down on it. And in, in my initial sort of opinion of it uh, upon the second watch, I still think it's more of a technical Marvel than it is anything else. Although I found a l- more connections with the cast or with the, with the story this time than the first time. But I still mm-hmm. think it's something from that. What are your uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, what are your what are your instincts? This is you said maybe your second, third watch. What's your, what's your um, second second watch? Um, but I didn't see it on the big screen in the theater, so my second watch. But I had, I had all the expectations the first time I watched it because of the hype around it, the way it was shot. And people, people, uh, my friends and colleagues know I enjoy the, the genre, so they're kind of like, oh, you got to go watch this. It's it's amazing. It's great. Oh, okay. So I yeah. finally watched it, and to be honest with you, the first time I watched it, I was disappointed, um, uh, like I was with the latest Star Wars, like I was with Die Hard 5, uh, all <laughs> movies that I definitely enjoyed the second time. When I when I finally rewatched Die Hard 5, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a good Die Hard movie, it's solid, I enjoy it. Um, and then when I watched Rise of Skywalker, I think it's called, um, the latest installment in the Star Wars world. I'm like, yeah, it's actually not that bad. It's pretty good. 
Uh, when I when the first time I watched it, I hated it. Like I hated both Die Hard Five and uh, and start and Star Wars. Now I did not hate this movie uh, after the after the first watch, but I was disappointed. So that's again another reason why I wanted to kind of revisit. And I know I gave you a bit of a hard time for kind of comparing it with Dunkirk, but you're right in the in the sense that there's not a lot of dialogue and there's not a lot of action, so it's really reliant um, on other things the cinematography um this uh, the music the sound uh, the the shots um the the acting and things like that so there is a comparison to be made absolutely so i can see how you made the mistake so it's funny that i lent you the movie and you actually never watched it yep. uh, yeah so i just sat there collecting dust uh, For fun. On, an, <laughs> on, a, on a strange <laughs> shelf yeah but um Having watched it this time, I think you're right with the fact that the way it's shot uniquely is interesting, and I liked it. Uh, I liked it again, but it did kind of take away a little bit of of my, uh, again, a little distracted uh, from the story. So I thought, well, maybe I'll try to sink my teeth more into uh, the story and and the scenes. The the, the movie's really broken up into, like, you know, I want to say six to eight scenes really kind of kind of chunks throughout the movie and i also want to put it this film in another category for myself is a payoff film uh just to give an example unbreakable as i just mentioned that because it just came into my shelf yeah it's just that i'm waiting throughout the movie for a certain scene towards the end that i really enjoy and really kind of the tempo kind of peaks and and like that. So there's a few films that, like that on my shelf where you're just sitting around waiting for the payoff. Uh, I think I mentioned it again. This wasn't, uh, I don't know if we, yeah, we did record this one. I think it's a spy game, same sort of thing. I was yep. just waiting throughout the end till that helicopter scene. Like, oh, I love this. I love it. I'm waiting here. Ah, here it is. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that may have been so, our, that's our, I think our re debut episode. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, it was. So good way to get the get the ball rolling. So yeah. I kind of fell into that category. Uh, but having said all this, again, I wasn't. It's it's when I think about war movies, it's not in my top five. I don't think. Yeah. I know. Well, it's definitely a great opportunity for us maybe to touch on some of a few other ones just briefly. But yeah, I, again, I was. Some shots were beautiful. They were. Uh, but a lot of stuff from we, we get from other war movies, like and they didn't there wasn't really thing, anything new there with you know certain certain you know things brought to the film other than the unique uh, you know style of it. And it, it, for me, it's just not quite enough. It's not quite enough. Uh, again, maybe when we watch Dunkirk, we'll have somewhat of a similar conversation to well, uh, it would be like I like uh, Dunkirk's got some IMAX action in it, right? And it's just yeah. like over the water. It's breathtaking. Uh, oh, for sure. I think you know my reference to Tenet was a little bit of the sort of characters were underdeveloped, but the tech and the and the presentation was so amazing that it sort of felt like, well, I don't know if I'm liking the movie, but I'm definitely liking what I what I'm seeing. Yeah, uh, you know, Dunkirk, I think, is a little bit more accessible, perhaps, if I recall. But I, I agree with you. I think that Nolan has that ability to, you know, he's gotten so technical with his craft that everything else is a bit secondary. And this, I think what's interesting is that it's trying to tell a real emotional story, ultimately. I think the goal is to sort of have this harrowing, you know, journey that obviously, to your point, kind of touches on elements of other war movies you know there's obviously the obvious uh, obviously um i'm gonna say obviously as much as possible uh it's <laughs> it's, it's the obvious uh, nod to something like uh, private ryan you know where the sort of the mission is the man you know like just get this yeah. thing done uh, at all costs uh is in there obviously the the use of the world war one setting and the trenches and so forth is very, very reminiscent of a Stanley Kubrick movie called paths of glory, which is a, you know, a pretty amazing uh, war movie as well. So I like taking the, the war sort of genre as it were into different directions as you know, you know, one of my favorites is the thin red line, you know, where you're sort of telling a different spin on, on the conventional, let's say, Mm-hmm. And I, so I appreciate this movie trying to do maybe something that is unique, which is to say that it isn't, 
uh, a by the numbers type of scenario, you know, that it is, it is trying to do something a little bit, maybe more uh, unique to itself. Um, I'll give it credit and we can, we can sort of go back over any of that stuff. Um, but uh, it is compelling. And I think that part of that is the way it's shot um, in that the sort of long continuous takes and the, and the sort of idea of this sort of unbroken uh, journey. Um, I was impressed by that so that I, even though I wasn't necessarily connecting with the, with the characters or even the story entirely, I was sort of compelled by it or propelled by it. Uh, I thought that was rather interesting. I think that helps with the, some of the tech. Would you agree with that? I would agree. I, that's something I, I was, I'm definitely impressed with the way it was shot and to, to kind of have that idea and to be able to execute it successfully, I think is, you know, hats off to that. Good job. I'm impressed 100%. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to kind of comment, I want your opinion on it too, is there's a, a one or maybe two scenes where because of the way it's shot, uh, I want to use an example of just after um, the, the plane coming down, Yep, uh, and all that happening. Sure. Uh, these other guys all of a sudden are just there. We we don't hear them coming. Mm. They're just yeah. there, uh, and it kind yeah. of I make it. It's almost like I, you explained to me once about Jurassic Park three, uh, or, or I think Jurassic Park in general. Yeah, uh, about Spielberg, and if it's not on the screen, it's it's just every it's, it's not happening. It's like it doesn't yeah. take that other um into consideration and that kind of reminded me of that all of a sudden these guys are here and how come we didn't hear the trucks yeah uh, off the scene uh, but i think that's more of just because of the way it's shot that's kind of i don't want to say collateral damage maybe it's intentional like maybe that's just the way they wanted to shoot it uh but i just kind of wonder how you felt or did you notice i mean some that happening well i think that that is indicative and there you know there's a bit of a a couple of those, what I would call maybe contrivances uh, to, to propel the story forward in this movie uh, a little bit later on, there's the sort of, Oh, there's the, you know, the, the drunk German soldier who won't turn around to see this thing happen. And, you know, there's a couple of those kind of instances in the movie where I do think that things have to be a certain way. I think it's, it's funny to, to, to reference that particular thing because it is, it is very much that sort of Spielberg trope and close encounters in Jurassic park. You have to, you know, if it's not on the screen, the characters don't have any idea it's there. So when the camera pulls back, there it is. That's sort of what I've alluded to, these big dinosaurs and so forth. No one has any idea yeah. until the camera pans <laughs> over and, oh, my gosh, there's a dinosaur here. Yeah. And I think that there is something to that maybe with uh, with that scene as you're, as you're describing it. I think it's, you know, it's a bit of a – I think it's a bit of a contrivance. It did sort of stick out a bit of like, well, now there's these guys, you know, and it's a bit like, you know, where were you 10 minutes ago? You could have – <laughs> he could have uh, yeah. helped us out a little bit, um, you know. So I think that there is a, a definitely a piece to that. Um, mm. You know, again, it's a bit written off as a bit of a plot contrivance to me. Uh, it it didn't necessarily stick out as a as a as something that took me out of the movie, but it is a bit of an eye roll when you sort of look back again and think, oh yeah, well that's sort of silly, you know, or it's a bit unnecessary. But I, there's other instances, uh, for example, where the way that shooting it that way was be beautiful. And I think it's um, just after the part where he takes out the sniper. Yeah. Um, oh, certainly. Comes yeah. To, yeah, he comes to and yeah. kind of walks towards that room. And then the camera just kind of pans forward and then down. And then he's down on the main ground. And I thought, well, that's a beautiful shot, I thought. And just the scenes where with the fire and uh, the shadows. What did you think about the shadows? Now, I think that really kind of stood out. Oh, that whole sequence, that whole sequence is, is staggeringly good. Uh, it is, um, again, it's the simplicity of the plot uh, is what keeps this movie, I think, again, um, simple enough to kind of uh, propel us forward, as I said. And so the, 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 the singular mission, let's say, of this kid, you know, that we're watching and the two, and we can, I, I want to maybe go a little bit back, but we, we can spend a little bit more time on this scene um, before kind of going more sort of through, through the, the narrative or some mm -hmm. of the technical aspects. But uh, the short answer is I loved all of that sequence. And again, it's a moment where I'm just stunned and mesmerized uh, of how beautiful this 
these uh, these shots are and the composition is. And I love the lights. I love the shadows. I love the flames. I love, you know, his racing throughout it. I love the couple of chase sequences that happen in the middle of it. You know, this is just sort of middle section. I think that's about an hour into the movie, give or take. And, um, you know, it's pretty powerful uh, uh, imagery mm-hmm. that... Uh, you know, and he's, again, just got this one mission, just like head down, keep moving forward. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of, I find that, again, while I don't necessarily believe or connect, let's say, to the character, I get that, right? That that is something that is sort of transcendent of movies or this movie in particular. It's just that singular focus, get the job done. Here is your mission. And I'm, I'm, I'm in it. And we as an audience are in it within minutes of the movie starting, right? Which is something that I, I kind of appreciate. There isn't any exposition or any real grand, which is a thing that I like about how it differs from something like a private Ryan, where it doesn't, it's not overwrought and overwritten. And, you know, that, that kind of um, awe inspiring kind of stuff, right? It's nine minutes into a two hour movie. You have to get to this guy, period. And that's it. The movie's on it on, on you know, it's like a starting gun. And I really am, am impressed by that. Let's actually take it back um, to the beginning and where we're introduced to the two main characters, uh, Lance Corporal Blake and Lance Corporal Schofield, uh, kind of chilling out underneath the tree. Yep. Um, um, I like how the, the film opens. Uh, I get a feeling right from the beginning who I think the main character is. Uh, I got confused a little bit afterwards. Oh, okay, he's okay, but that I, ultimately I was right. Uh, what were your thoughts initially? Because I do love just the look um, Corporal Schofield has right at the beginning, where he's kind of getting woken up off the tree. Uh, just the mm-hmm. look he gives, I think, is just bang on. And he has a few of those scenes played by George McKay, where he really does a really good job of just kind of eye acting. And I can yeah. get a really kind of good sense of what he's thinking or what he's feeling. And we'll touch that as we go through the scenes here. But what were your first impressions when we first open up uh, of the film of um, who are these two guys? And uh, what's it, what's kind of this, what's this about as, as the film, as the camera kind of follows them down? Well, I kind of, I, you know, the camera work is, is going to be obviously a running thread throughout this, this, this commentary here. But the, you know, the shots, you know, the vast open space, I love all of it. I love the, the, the everything about every shot in this movie, I think, is just beautifully composed and lit and structurally is just uh, magnificent. You know, uh, there's a, you know, I think it was, it was certainly, um, in fact, I think this is the movie that Roger Deakins finally won his Academy Award for. And there isn't a more, uh, you know, he he's just an incredible cinematographer that had sort of been uh, a guy that, you know, he shot Blade Runner 2049 and, and uh, you know, a lot of the Coen Brother movies and uh, mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption. The guy's just an incredible DP and... And this is the movie that finally kind of got him an Oscar. And I, I think it's the mo- one of the more deserving Oscars. You know, I thought he may have should have won uh, a couple of other times in his career, but he, uh, there's no doubt that this is that kind of movie. Um, and, and because it's so much rested on his, you know, frankly, his eye, um, mm. that it's, it's really impressive. And that opening shot and leading into the two of them. And I'm with you in that, you know, I don't want to suggest that I, you know, had an idea necessarily, but it, or who the, who the main character would be. But I think the way the movie is presented, again, an attempt to maybe subvert some of the expectations of the war movie and what have you, is, you know, I think it's that it's Blake, just by virtue of he's the first guy talking, it's his brother, it's, you know, the mission is given to him, you know, to, 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 to bring along a, a, a pal, you know, uh, so there is a... a, a undercurrent, anyway, that, that that is our that is our main guy. Uh, and so while the, the plot certainly takes a, a couple of twists along the way, um, I thought, okay, well this, I'm in, you know, these are the guys. And I do agree that, that McKay, his stone facedness, which I think mm-hmm. comes out throughout the movie, a very stoic kind of performance is a lot in the eyes. You know, you, there, you see at, at various points, uh, exhaustion, 
you know, exasperation, frustration, um, desperation, you know, you, you really, it reads all over him without much dialogue and, and, uh, and that uh, it impresses me and, and continued throughout the movie to impress. As the, I agree. The up. I was really kind of, when, when I first watched it, I was really mesmerized by how the, the camera work and how it followed them down and kind of turned and I'm like, okay, I get what they're doing. Cause people try to explain it to me. Like what one shot, one camera, one, this one, that, and like, I didn't quite grasp, understand what they meant. Yeah. And now, now that I'm watching it. Oh, okay. I get it. That's okay. It makes sense now. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. And I, I liked that. I really liked uh, uh, just the beginning, the first, you know, as they follow them down the trenches to the, uh, Sergeant Colonel, the big wig. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, um, I guess it was uh, General, actually. Was, that Gen- yeah. was it Colin Firth? He was the, the beginning, Firth. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Colin Firth. Yeah. Which we'll talk about because there's a few kind of small roles by some pretty big names here. And I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that. And a few, obviously, this is a, a UK film. So you're going to see some some UK actors. But so I, I right now, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to like this. And it kind of fueled my expectations. Uh, at the beginning, because I'm, I'm enjoying the way it's shot, and like, okay, this I'm really gonna. And then obviously, we got the big screen, we got the Atmos, we're just you know, we got our popcorn, we're, we're right in it, right? Yeah. And then as we kind of go along, and then when we get to say, um, I guess more or less the first scene when they're in the trench. Yeah, I guess. Um, like trying to get out of the trench, like to start their journey. Yeah. Uh, no, just the, the first kind of uh, where they almost get buried alive. Oh, the bunker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the first kind of, here's their chance to kind of, I don't want sure. the action scene, but kind of, okay, something's happening, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's about that's 30, kind of, that's uh, the 30 minutes? 30 minutes, 30 minutes in. Yeah. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Wait, is this after they talk to Lieutenant Leslie? Yes. Uh, is that Okay, because I do want to touch on that, because I think Andrew Scott is just awesome. I've He's seen fantastic. him in, in Sherlock Holmes. He's in, uh, I think, uh, there's a connection with him and Mendez in one of the um, Bond movies. Okay. Uh, so they've worked together before. And I just think he's great. I just think he, yeah. he, he's just perfect for this role. And I think he just has a, a lot of talent. Uh, so I just want to kind of touch on that. I, I liked, I enjoyed that sequence. I liked his attitude uh, and such. <laughs> so Yeah, I, uh, I couldn't agree more. I, I thought he jumped out immediately as a, as a bit of color in the, in the movie that I was like, oh, this guy's got a, a charisma, a charm, he's, he's funny, he's, he's bored, he's frustrated, you know, he's kind of uh, yeah. nonchalant, he's got a cool about him. Yeah, I really dug the character for sure. So I enjoyed that. That's, that's, that takes us after. So at this point, I'm in, right? Like, oh, look, oh, yeah. this is good. But then when I'm kind of taken out, I don't know what it is. It's just the next scene after when they, they're, you know, almost buried alive, uh, Schofield and, and, and such. Um, I don't yeah. know. I kind of, I don't know. It just didn't, again, maybe it's the expectations, but I thought it was, okay, well, it's not really that interesting of a scene. And for me, this suffers a few times throughout the film where I'm just not that interested uh, in what's happening and the visuals and the cinematography and all that is not just quite enough for me to say this is a, a, a really good film overall. And I think that's where it begins to go um, down a little bit for me is that first scene. So, again, not a whole lot of dialogue and not a whole lot of action. So uh, other things, it makes it more of a challenge, I think, for any film or any filmmaker to make this uh, a memorable film in a film that you'd want to revisit, you know, uh, time after mm-hmm. time. And I do want to make one more comparison. And as you make a comparison that we've made to Dunkirk and Tenet to add Astra, where yeah. I'm really taken in with the, with the visuals and, and such, but the story itself, you know, and certain elements about it, I, we watched it, we, we did a show on it. Uh, I kind of put these kind of, you know, in a battle, which one would you, you know, ver- this one versus this one, which one would you choose? I mean, obviously it's in space, it's different, but there's a lot of elements that are very similar because it's fairly shot beautifully, but kind of slow. And then again, there's these scenes, right? Where it's like, okay, well, I don't really like this scene, right? But is, is the visuals enough for me to enjoy this movie? For Ad Astra, it was, and I've watched it about three, four times, and I keep going back to it, where this one, not quite. So I kind of, 
if I was to choose between those two films, I'm I'm putting I'm keeping Ad Astra on the shelf and not 1917. Now I don't have to do that. My shelf's big enough for both. That's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I can always lend it to you again. But again, uh, and then and just uh, again as we go through the movie, there's just a few other scenes that. Uh, I'm just not blown away from what's the, from a story perspective or from the dialogue perspective of, of what's going on. Now there's a few actors that pop up that kind of carry it a little, like pick it up a little bit. I do like that every so often, every like 20 minutes, we meet a, a new character. Uh, you, I mean, it starts off with Colin Firth and then Andrew Scott. And then there's an, um, another guy after the plane scene, which they meet. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yep. he's a name too. Um, Mark Strong. Yeah. Mark Strong, Captain Smith. Yeah. Yep. So again, just, a, just a strong, pre- a strong presence. Yeah. Uh, right. And of course, all the way up to, to the end. So I think that does help the movie along. Uh, but I just find those few scenes, which we can touch on each one for a little bit. Um, just did, wasn't enough for me. I don't know. What, what were your thoughts kind of, was there a point in the film where it kind of like, the it kind of how it was shot kind of wore off on you or you got used to it uh, and kind of, and then the other stuff might've been enough. But is there a point in the movie that that happened to you? Uh, no, I, the, 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 the cinematography, <laughs> the, the look of the film, as I said, was, was always inspiring and like compelling to me. Uh, as I said, the movie to me didn't never dragged as much as I wasn't connecting with the things we just talked about. It mm-hmm. still was propulsive, and that is in large part due to, uh, you know, to your point, obviously, uh, you know, the, the the characters that pop up that aren't the two leads or the one lead um, do make the, you know, kind of maybe elevate the moment um, with either a, oh, I know that guy, or just a performance. You know, I, I think, you know, to your point, I think everybody that we meet, particularly like the four um you know, let's say name actors, for lack of a better term, uh, do give it a, a sense of, um, it's almost a bit like, uh, <laughs> and pardon the uh, the reference, but like a Mario Kart type of situation. You know, it's sort of, the you're going along and then you hit the, the boost, right? And I feel like each of those characters kind of give it the next big push, whether it's because they take the characters into a different direction Right. Mm-hmm. Like Leslie giving them, OK, here's the path to get out. Right. And then again, the, the way the camera works and works with them to get over those trenches in the thick of it, in the craters, as they've discussed, you know, and all of that. Um, that's the sort of propulsion. Right. And then Mark Strong gets them on the, the, the truck and gets them on their way. And then, uh, you know, and then from there, meeting up finally, obviously, with with uh, with. Uh, McMaster or whatever his name is, sorry. Um, anyway, but Benedict uh, Coverbatch, it's sort of like, okay, well, even though that's that's kind of the end of the movie, it gives it that extra oomph maybe to get through the next sort of 15 or 20 minutes of the movie. So I think that that is uh, strategically put together, you know, from a, from a filmmaking standpoint, from a, a story standpoint, right? It gives the characters uh, another push in the right direction. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's, again, both intentional, but also very effective, right? So... Uh, I thought very great. And I, I really liked everything that led to the bunker. I liked that the sort of a bit of a head fake, um, you know, with the knowledge obviously of, of the, of the movie in its totality, uh, the bit of a head fake, which thinking that, you know, Schofield is, is, you know, about to succumb or get injured or what have you, right. With the, with the bunker kind of collapses on him, you know, there's, there's a, there's a version of the movie, as I said, that sort of ends there, or at least, you know, his character ends there, you know, and Blake continues on his journey. Um, and I thought in the moment, uh, I thought, well, you know, the rats sort of triggering the thing, tripping the mind or the line, you know, it's a bit of, a, again, a bit of a contrivance. So I didn't love it. It didn't necessarily take me out. I would say that at no point in the movie was I taken out of the movie. Mm-hmm. I just was only able to appreciate it maybe from you know, um, in these COVID times, you know, six feet away, mm-hmm. you know, I was never, I was never so into it, let's say mm-hmm. to be, to be taken out of it, but from an arm's length distance, 
I enjoyed everything that I was sort of seeing, if that makes sense. You know, I just wasn't emotionally connected to it. That's actually, that's very interesting. And I think that you've articulated more or less how I kind of feel movie as well. Uh, And you don't articulate very well usually. So kudos to you. Well done. But I think, (laughs) uh, and then the Mario Kart pit, geez, I think this is going to be tough to compete with. But that's, those are very good uh, points. And I, I can't, I will not say, dragged is definitely not a movie uh sorry a term i would use like i never felt the the movie dragged on i think i may have been bored at some points in the film but i I didn't get that oh this is dragging on come on let's go i never felt that so there's definitely a difference between that between that but that's a good point uh good uh good commentary there that uh you just i wasn't quite in it uh at any really point and then so so again yeah you're not taken out of something you're not in i guess that's a that's valid uh point and how did you feel about this actual scene where the main who we thought was the main character or you thought i I knew he wasn't but you thought he was um perishing uh uh what were your thoughts on that as a choice of the of the movie, and how did you like how it how it all kind of went down? That again, I I kind of loved it. I mean, as I'm talking about this movie, I'm thinking about these scenes, and and I probably I liked more than I th- maybe thought I did in the moment, or it's difficult mm-hmm. to say. But I really liked that. That was the only moment of any any emotion to me in the movie. Um, everything else was so stoic and so specific and. You know, there was a little bit of a moment there. I kind of enjoyed, you know, just before that scene coming out of the bunker, there were thoughts um, where Schofield's sort of asking, you know, like, why'd you pick me? Like, why me? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you, you know, uh, I don't want to be here. Right. I don't you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Like the um, the I'm not even supposed to be here today. Uh, Dante, <laughs> excuse, you know? yeah. um, I do think that. You know, maybe it was predictable that 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 Blake was was sort of not going to be the one to make it to the end. Um, but I, it just didn't enter my brain necessarily that someone would 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 die and and frankly die that quickly. You know, again, we're talking about you know forty ish minutes into the movie. You know, there's still an almost there's still almost a whole other movie after that, right? Like almost ninety minutes. Um, and so to sort of kill him off and frankly, in some ways, sort of kill him off off screen, which I thought was interesting. You know, the choice to sort of follow yeah. Schofield. And now maybe that's a little tip of a tip of the hat to say, like, he's our guy. But the sort of camera working with him to, you know, pump his, you know, and, and even just, I mean, this is a bit of a, horror, of a, a war movie trope as well, right? Which is sort of save the enemy only to have the enemy turn on you, right? Like you yeah. sort of want to be, it's presenting the good guys, you know, quote unquote, um, as the sort of benevolent, um, you know, uh, you know, soldiers or what have you, and the enemy is vicious and and uh, you know uh, deceptive. Um, so that yeah. is a bit of a trope. But I thought the performance of Blake and and the handling of it and saying things sort of, you know, right, right, my mother, and you know, and that sort of again, pretty standard war stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do like, it really just comes down to a couple of lines. I liked as sort of life is fading out, he's saying things like, talk to me, mm-hmm. and desperately sort of talk to me and tell me you know the way, which is to again say, it's it's basically saying the mission again, the mission is the man. I keep kind of you know joking about that. But he's like, you know, I'm gone, but like it's you still have the job to do. And I, I found something kind of emotionally compelling around that even just those those couple of lines and watching his life kind of drain out mm-hmm. i thought you know even though the the scene right after is a bit like you said oh well where were these guys you know could have maybe helped out a little bit um i do think that there's a a, a brief moment of sort of humanity in that scene i didn't mind it at all um but you you may have had some problems no i think lo- those lines that you mentioned are pretty much you know and and then him asking blake asking if he's going to die i think those make the whole scene passable for me. Sure. Uh, and Schofield's honesty. Sorry. And yeah. Schofield's honesty of saying yes. Right. Like I, I like yes. that too. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. So I think that made the whole thing passable, but I think I was kind of, I think when trying to do the right thing and the bad guy killing you, I think again, I'm like, ugh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when sure. that happens. Never trust <laughs> the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, 
and it's just such a I guess it's just kind of sad. I think it's a sad way to die in a war where you know you're trying to do the right thing, the human thing, and it backfires and 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 that's the way you exit the world. I think it's just I was just kind of it was sad and I, I mean it wasn't I just would wanted kind of something else to happen, I guess. Yeah. As much, as much as I felt that Schofield was the main character, I didn't I didn't wish a Corporal Blake's death. I didn't. That's not what I meant. Sounds <laughs> to me like you you did. <laughs> he can stick around. Uh, no, uh, it's okay. But yeah, I just I don't know. I kind of maybe I'm being too too hard on it. Maybe because because I just it makes me sad that the, the way it was going, uh, the way he was killed. Um, like, ugh, you know, why did you try to help him? Yeah. You should have just shot the guy and moved on. Then we have a completely different film. Uh, yeah. But it's okay. Again, it's possible, and I do like this, the same lines that uh, that you you said. And then, boom! I, re- I really like his face, George McKay's face, on the back of the truck. The next, basically, scene when the guys do show up and they give him a lift. So far, yeah. and it's just he's dead inside. He's just so he's lost his friend. I mean, they weren't, you know, they weren't best best buddy but they clearly were pretty good friends and they you know you know you buddy up with somebody in, in yeah in a war situation and then so i really felt that and the other guys were just kind of talking around him and i'm yeah. kind of paying attention to them but i'm just looking at mckay and like this guy's hurting and then just yeah. seeing his determination with getting the truck unstuck just so he can you know if he can just get to the mission or get to where he needs to go his friend's death isn't completely in vain. So I think that's the only thing that's going to keep this guy going is if like, if I could do this, him getting killed, you know, sense, senselessly uh, from, from the enemy and trying to do it a good deed is like, I've done something good. I've saved, you know, we've saved 2000 lives. Right. So yeah, uh, I think that's uh, very powerful uh, and just uh, a good scene. And as we move around, and obviously we need a, an excuse to why he can't just drive all the way there. <laughs> so, That's right. Got to have to put, a, put up an obstacle, right? Put up an obstacle or two to get him in the, yeah. get him out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine. Which is fine. I mean, bridges break. Let's be honest. Well, uh, I think it has to happen. Like you said, like, otherwise, you know, just hop a truck and you're there in 10 minutes. Otherwise not a very interesting story. So, you know, that's movies, setups, payoffs, and obstacles and overcoming. That's sort of traditional stuff. Didn't take me out of it, but I was like, yeah, here we go again. You know, here's another set piece moment, you know. Yeah. So at that point, I'm really enjoying George, George McKay's performance. I mean, there's not a lot of depth, a lot of, I mean, we have some movies where we have five, six characters where we want, like LA Confidential. Let's talk about Crow. Let's talk about, yeah, uh, you know, everybody, Spacey. And then, but this was just these two guys and one's gone pretty quick, right? And then we just have yeah. these, a few guys just kind of pop up for a brief two, three minutes, right? So yeah. uh, when it comes to performances, really all, a lot of it's on McKay. And I think just in general, at that point, I'm like, okay, I, I like this character. I like him. I like this actor. So it yeah. was certainly, uh, out of all the things I liked, disliked, he's on, I liked side of, uh, of things because I think he um, really brought the role to life and really made me feel uh, things, which is good. I like to feel things. So. Well, I think, you know, I think to your point, I think, yeah, your, your, your whole movie is really centered on this one guy. And so if he doesn't deliver, then uh, you don't really have a movie, you know, you certainly don't have an audience, right? Like you've got no connective tissue. So I think, again, you strip away so much dialogue that, that all that's left is this guy's, you know, more or less this guy's face. Um, so I had never really seen him before, but, uh, you know, definitely is a guy that could, you know, anyway, delivered on the promise that, you know, of the movie itself. And I was kind of impressed by that. I did like, um, again, sort of strong as a, a, another guy that just isn't necessarily a, a guy that is in everything, but I've seen him a couple mm-hmm. different times and, and always kind of enjoyed his look. You know, he's got yeah. a, a real sort of presence about him yeah. and he kind of propels the story, the next wave. And I, I, you know, and the, you say like with the truck and the sort of army uh, with the sort of the soldiers around him, they have their own like kind of unique band, you know, like you have your 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 divisions, you know, let's say. And he's just sort of on the outside. McKay uh, is, uh, Schofield is. So I yeah. do kind of like that. He's just like you said, steely, looking forward, no distractions. I have a mission, you know, and when so when that car breaks down, the bridge broken, you know, what have you. Um. He's got no options. You know, Strong comes over. He's like, you know, we're going to have to divert. He's like, no, I've got no time. 
that's it. I'm out, you know? And, and I like that again, that, that, that singular focus and the specificity of it is pretty propulsive, you know, both from a story perspective, from a performance perspective and as an audience member, I'm like, yeah, go, don't stop, you know, and, and don't lollygag, get on the, get on the way. And I, I, another sort of last line from, from uh, again, Strong's character, whom I, yeah. I can't remember um, is that uh, Captain Smith, sorry, is um, make sure there's witnesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some men just like the fight. And yeah. I thought, what a great line. Um, Very true too. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and I, I just thought that again, there's this like in a movie that doesn't have a lot of dialogue, there are a couple of lines, like we just mentioned, you know, just a couple that sort of stand out as being um, interesting, you know, or, or noteworthy or compelling. And that's one that I, although looking back, the, the line doesn't really pay off, you know, Mackenzie, yeah. There isn't a scene where they have to, you know, I kind of think like a line with that or like that sort of, you know, compels the audience or compels the characters like, oh, here it is. There's going to be some push pull or some sequence where they have to uh, maybe pull him aside or find a, a witness or, you know, like the, that, that might factor into how they communicate with Mackenzie later. And that doesn't really happen which I thought was kind of interesting as much. As I like the line. It doesn't really seem to have a lot of merit in the, in the total of the story. Did you feel uh, something similar? Or did you even pick up on the line at all? I uh, definitely picked up on the line. Absolutely. It stood out like a sore thumb. And I'm thinking, well, with Cumberpatch being the guy that would kind of be, you know, that plays to that, that character. I'm like, Oh, well, he's a good guy. Like he, this could, Ooh, this could really not be good. <laughs> so he yeah. could really be off, off the, off his walker. Um, and he wasn't. It, it, it kind of started a little bit. It kind of teased that. Yeah. But ended up being, he read the letter and like, okay, stand down. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's, that's yeah. fair. And, and uh, I'm okay with that. I mean, I guess it, it, it kind of get let, left us kind of wondering until we got to that point. And yes. I wouldn't say I was, I was disappointed, more surprised that maybe they – I thought they were going to do more with it, um, but I think I'm okay that they didn't. I guess. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think you're Pretty right. I think I was maybe a little bit more. I think I was a little bit more surprised than than yeah. anything. I just thought, oh, a little let down. I was like, oh, I kind of expected to be something. Otherwise, why say it? But I'm also pleased at that point. Like, I don't need that right now. As you said, yeah. that's about you know an hour ish into that into the movie. Right? It's an hour later. I don't now. I don't want the the fight, you know, I, I, I kind of anticipated it for the previous, you know, 60 minutes or so, but by the time it actually happened, I'm like, eh, no, I'm good. Let it go. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, no, but yeah, one of my, probably one of my, one of my favorite lines and strong again, he was an imitation game too. So there's a connection here. He's, he's worked with Cumberbatch before just throwing oh, that yeah. there. And he he's also the narrator of the single player of battlefield five strong oh, was. Now, of course, we just we just go right to the multiplayer, so we didn't get to appreciate that. But uh, (laughs) maybe it'll give us a reason to go back and play single player Battlefield Five. Who knows? Sure. He's also in the Kingsman. He's really good in the Kingsman. Kingsman. I really like that. Yes, there's one movie I've seen him. I have not seen, but I think that's probably what he's more well known for. One of his films that that stands out for sure. He's in Shazam as well. Okay. Real Dark Thirty, as well, which I've seen the preview for, but I haven't seen the movie. So. Uh, but you're absolutely right when you say it just kind of propels the movie into the next kind of sequence, and that kind of keeps me engaged. And then I just kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say I get bored again, but, I, the, you know, after the, the standoff with the sniper, the whole scene with uh, the woman and the child, I, maybe I just wasn't feeling it, but I just didn't, I wasn't really emotionally invested into that scene. Uh, other than just kind of the cool uh, again cinema, cinema I never say that word right, but the, all the visuals that were going on before <laughs> and after that scene were, were just gorgeous, and I loved it. I just that scene, just I don't know, I don't know if it, what, what it was trying to do, and maybe it just went over my head or just didn't execute to what I expected. But what were your kind of thoughts around that? I think the same. I think it's it's sort of there, maybe because you have to have it. I, I think you know to some extent, maybe that's just another sort of war movie trope of. Uh, or showing more the magnanimous nature of this guy, you know, like here, have all my food, have all my, you know, my yeah. milk, you know, whatever I can, like, uh, I'm, I'm such a good guy. 
I, I kind of just got that impression. I don't see any other reason, you know, other than just maybe to show that. Right. And, and maybe the, you know, because it, because it's not enough. I don't, I don't know that it's sort of indicative of the poor French people occupied by Germany. Right. Like I don't know that it's enough to deliver on that promise. So I feel like it is just there for that. Right. Look, I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. I'll sing my song. But again, this is to your point as well. I don't connect with him as a person in a weird way, you know, like, it's just like, I'm still six feet away watching it happen unfold in front of me. So the fact that this is sort of, I think supposed to be a like heartwarming moment, you know, or a connective moment, I don't really feel it. Uh, so it, it yeah. does seem uh, extraneous. It doesn't seem necessary. And it is bookended by such beautiful visual style, both from the, the sniper scene and the sort of running away afterwards. This is where he finds her and then he leaves her. And that's where another sort of chase sequence through such beautiful uh, colors and, and, and shadows and lights and stuff like that, that whole, it's a, it is a bit of a break in, in what is otherwise just again, a beautiful uh, looking um, section of, of the movie. Very impressive. Yeah, it's just that specific part just kind of misses yeah. for me, much I like agree. the much like the bullets of most of the German soldiers. A lot of missing. <laughs> so, Agreed. What I do like, I agree with you 100%. I do think that scene could have probably been excised in it, and, and I wouldn't have missed it. I wouldn't miss it even a little bit. Yeah. Um, I do like the sort of escape and that it, the culmination of sort of like, again, the waterfall, like this kid takes a, a, a real ass kicking. Uh, throughout um, yeah. <laughs> but his escape is into this sort of the waterfall this ravine and then ending at sort of the base of this river and i loved the imagery and doesn't really make a meal out of it in terms of again not showing too much or lingering too much but just the the bodies the dead bloated, bloated waterlogged is. bodies at the base of this river i thought was um it's just a nice touch, right? Again, just showing the, the ramifications of war in general. And, and he's the living person amidst all of this. And he's obviously been beaten up and he's hyperventilating a little bit and he's, you know, burned out and stressed out. And this is sort of how he, he comes upon the, you know, the, the world. And I thought pretty effective sequence. Um, and just a beautiful sort of visual again, just the, the, did that uh, resonate with you at all? The I was kind of when I'm thinking when I'm watching the scene where he's going down the the waterfall the river. First yeah. of all, I'm thinking about I wonder how they shot that. Like how much danger is he actually in? Is there something underneath him? So I was just kind of curious to how they shoot it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I but the whole sequence itself, I'm like, you're really feeling that this guy's going through. He's having a he's having a bad day. Yeah, uh, yeah. For um, I like the scene now. When it comes to the the bloated dead bodies. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I'm completely fine without it. And I okay. think it's because I've watched so many war movies that I'm, I'm just immune to these little uh, things that they, they want to add authenticity and, okay. and really show you, uh, show it to you. Right. I know you mentioned yeah. hearts war, uh, the ditch with all, with all the frozen dead bodies at the beginning of hearts war. And that kind yeah. of stuck out, stuck out to you. And these things don't really stick out to me much anymore because, uh, you know, I have that kind of, I've seen it all. Uh, There's nothing really new. Now, this movie does different things that are new, which I like, of course. But when it comes to that and when it comes to the the infirmary at the end and and wounds and stuff like that, no, it's just just more of the same. I've seen this all before. So if those bodies aren't there, I'm fine. I'm completely fine because I'm feeling the characters having a bad day. (laughs) <laughs> I've seen it in his eyes. He's worn down. I don't even think he even even know the goodbyes. He just like he keeps swimming through him. He doesn't even notice uh, really. Uh, and then he just goes and, and meets the guys and sits down. I can just feel his you know exhaustion and such. So uh, that's my thoughts in that scene. But so I but so I do like the 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 uh, the scene. And, and again, it, it not a character, but a river propels him to the kind of the next scene. Yep. And kind of moves the movie along again, kind of a, a just a easy way out to get, to get him where he wants to go. But that's okay. I'm okay with that. And then he meets with these guys, some dude singing a, a song. I don't know what's going yeah. on with that, but um, I think I again, just sort of a mournful moment. You know, it's like a dirge. You know, just like resonating. Like, look what we've been through. My guess. Yeah, I'm guessing this is probably part of of Mendez, like the stories he's heard. 
I think that's probably to me that's like okay that's is a story that he's heard oh this is what we used to do you know that sort of thing so it's kind of an interesting movie where it's not necessarily based on true events at all but just kind of war stories so you know there's some something to a lot of it just maybe not real characters like real you know people but uh i enjoyed that and then um and then we're getting i mean movie again doesn't drag is definitely not the word it's just there's just a couple scenes that i I find myself (laughs) i wish they kind of I'm a little bit more. Just, I just, I'm sure. wanting something more, and I'm kind of left wanting. That's more. fair. Uh, until we get to the what I'll call the payoff scene, which we're really not far out from. We're about twenty minutes out um, because they are the squad or the battalion that he's looking for, essentially, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and that's again a bit of that contrivance thing, you know, where it's sort of of all the of all the the. The places and all the world. Now, granted, he was obviously headed in that direction, but you'd imagine if you're jumping and chasing and running away from something and into the ravine and all this stuff, you do wonder that it still pulled you the same direction that you wanted to go, right? Again, an opportunity that it could have derailed in a different movie, and now they're lost and they have to find their way back. You know, uh, I do kind of like that they just like, no, this is where they wanted to be. This is exactly where he's supposed to be. Uh, I thought that was okay. Yeah, they're definitely okay with it. Uh, I got the impression like where he was going really wasn't that far. You know, it was, it was far. Well, not enough. if he can walk in a day, right? To some extent, right? Like he, yeah. he can walk there in a day. I agree with you. It's not that far away, but far enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we kind of get into like the last uh, kind of stretch. And this is where, you know, where it's for me anyway, really. Uh, peaks when it comes to the shots, the uh, yeah. how how they film it, and it's like, oh, okay, this is really. And I'm just I'm looking at McKay, and just I'm seeing what's going on around him, and I'm the whole. Now I'm in it. This is where yeah, I've, okay, I've taken off. I've taken off the mask. Uh, forget about the six feet rule. Uh, I'm I'm right in it. I'm gonna take the risk and just go right in it. Unfortunately, I wish I would have got more of that, just at least somewhere else throughout the film. Yeah, other than right at the beginning. And right at pretty much right at the end, there's this big sure. chunk of metal, which I wish I could have taken off my mask and been a little bit closer than six feet, as you say, to the film. Is it a big enough payoff? Well, that's, you know, let's, let's, well, we'll see when the next time I watch the movie is. So, uh, sure. but again, just what a shot that is him running across. And I think oh, gorgeous. Uh, falling and just, I think it's just so organic, uh, so smooth and just, I don't know how many times they shot that scene, but it just really felt organic to me. And uh, I really bought every explosion and the timing of his falls were just really good. Yeah. Oscar. I, so it's uh, that, it's, I agree. I think it's, it's amazing. It's, I think the score also kind of sweeps in there where it's, it's been obviously visible or not visible, but like you, you know, uh, you can appreciate it throughout the whole movie, but there, I think it really kind of hits its, its peak. It's met, you know, in his, choice mm-hmm. to kind of get away from the cluster of the trenches and now he's up on the front line and running and the you know the the, the people are charging and again with an atmos and a you know loud speaker system or even in the theater when i first watched it it's it's a real crowd pleasing kind of moment and again the determination on his face of like i will not fail you know um it is uh it is probably as you said probably the most compelling moment of the movie and it does come you know an hour 40 into a two-hour movie, you know, so it does sort of leave you waiting for that moment. But I think it does pay off when it when it finally does hit. Yeah, and I think the musical score again. You're right, peaks again, and I think I can kind of. I wish there was more of that as well throughout yeah. the film. I, I, I felt a little bit lacking with that when I have, like I've I've downloaded the the Saving Private Ryan um, soundtrack, Black Hawk Down. There's we were soldiers a little bit. There's other war movies where I've been so, uh, you know, love, just love the the music that I've downloaded it. And I'll listen to it just, you know, randomly. This one doesn't quite do it for me. This is just, here is when the music does it for me. And that's it. It's just not yeah. enough throughout the movie. It's there. And it's not bad. Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't, for me, it just doesn't do enough to really elevate those scenes. So I think maybe, I don't know if that would have helped uh, something a bit more compelling uh, music-wise that I could have really may have got a little closer to those scenes that I found just a little bit on the boring side and wanted a little bit more. So uh, who's to say? 
Who's to say? I think, I think, I think you're, I agree with you again. I think that that is an element that, you know, one of the benefits of music in general is that ability to, you know, frankly, manipulate, you know, an audience, right? Into yeah. excitement or dread or, you know, anything like that. I think the soundtrack is so important in any movie. Uh, and, and when it's maybe underperforming or not giving us maybe what we want or crave, it does affect, I think, our appreciation of, of the movie. And, uh, and I think you may be right in this because the only sequence I remember of the music is that last sequence. You know, I don't really remember much else about it. So it's obvious to me that there's something unique about that piece and not the others. And that, you know, if you're trying to tell a story, may be something that, that does kind of keep me, again, a little bit on the outside of the story. Yeah, I would agree. And that's, again, these are just some things that are keeping it out of the, the top, top five war films for me and it's uh, it sure. is, as well shot as it is yeah and visually stunning and unique it's just i needed i just needed more in some other aspects of the film and again yeah. it's not it's which is funny because it's not performances it's uh, i'm not i wasn't like oh which this you know i would have i would have liked to see cumberpatch more but i mean that's not the point of this movie right that's kind of yeah. just special guest right uh, that's that and i'm certainly okay with that i, I appreciate that um, anytime I see someone who's in the movie for a short period of time, like Deep Blue Sea and Samuel L. Jackson, you know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's just, yeah, it's just, I think for me overall, it's like I just wanted a little bit more. And I just thought maybe watching it a, a second time with my expectations kind of uh, tamed a bit. Um, but I, I was kind of left feeling the same time I felt after the watching it the first time. Not a, terrible movie and i'll watch it again it's certainly staying on the shelf but i kind of uh i wanted a little bit more and that's all i can really say about that uh, i did like the ending and i thought meeting up with the brother yep uh that was an, that, again that's again where I, i'm feeling a little bit of emotion there sure. uh I, I, thought, th- yeah. I think that um richard madden i believe is the, the actor's name i yeah. thought he just did a nice kind of i'm upset uh, you know, but I'm keeping myself together, uh, sort of mm-hmm. thing. And I thought he did a really good job of that. So it was kind of a good way to kind of like, how are you going to end a film like that? That's, that's always yeah. kind of a trick. Right. And I thought for sure. overall, okay, that's, you know, as far as endings go, that's fine. I'm not disappointed yeah. with the ending. I'm, I'm disappointed other aspects of it throughout the way, but ending was not uh, what I was kind of, kind of let down with. No, I think, uh, I think that sums it up. I, I mean, for me, the ending, uh, having watched the movie that we watched, I thought that's the ending you get, you know, like the mission is accomplished, you know, frankly, the, that was the whole point. Yeah. And he delivers the news to Cumberbatch to stop the, the, the fighting. And he delivers the news to Blake to say, you know, your brother died along the way. And his performance, Madden's performance, I thought was was great again just a, a subtle you mm-hmm. you could see it happening uh, the face said everything it wasn't dialogue it wasn't some big heart he just was my brother and i miss him and, you know like it wasn't any of that you know it was like oh he's here yeah. no he's not i'm gonna process yeah. that in real time on my face and i yeah. thought powerful delivered uh really really great stuff so uh i don't know when i'll next watch this movie considering i barely remembered watching it the first time uh but uh, I, I will say I, I did like it, uh, and uh, though not on my shelf, uh, I may seek it out at a you know maybe a discount bin. So I, I think it is worth a rewatch just from the the technical perspective. I think the the movie is just so darn brilliant in that regard. Like the cinematography, I think is just so great. What Phil? May I ask you what is your favorite? Can you say you have a favorite war film? Just because it's such a, a big genre and. Uh, it's tough to say, you know, there's a, obviously a couple, as I alluded to earlier, I like the ones that take the convention and kind of mess with it a little bit. So stuff like Full Metal Jacket and The Thin Red Line are two uh, very high on my list. Okay. I'm kind of, kind of curious because there's there's tons out there and there's a few that keep popping up. There's one on Netflix now. I uh, can't put the name on it, but uh, it's, you know, top 10 viewed right now. I'm going to take a look into that. So if you're interested in something like that, it's kind of, again, another take on the film. It's not just sure. uh, American soldiers sort of thing. Well, you, you set them up. I'll watch them, my friend. You know, uh, uh, take them <laughs> off the shelf and, uh, and I'll watch them. Uh, speaking of which, uh, next week, mm-hmm. uh, to celebrate... Uh, you know, the timing of it, it couldn't be better, uh, given that one week from today is, in fact, uh, Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to watch Halloween. All right. 
and uh, and yeah, we'll talk about that next week on uh, on Halloween, no less. Uh, it's going to be real exciting, David. I promise you, you're in for a real treat. I shall mentally prepare. <laughs> brace yourself for the uh, the <laughs> Halloween masterpiece. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Good night.